I can try it again. Hello. <laughs> Is there anybody out there? All right, that was a little bit better. That's Bob Dylan singing a Pink Floyd cover. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that is Clarendon, back again for another episode of Pace the Nation during the quarantine, episode 239. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again with my two co-hosts. We've gotten comfortable across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, I'm here. It's good to see you. How you doing? What's going on? Is it really good to see me? Come on, let's be honest. Is it really good? Um, I mean, it's it's getting a little old, but (laughs) it's all good. Yeah, she's uh, she's being nice. All right, let's bring in our other co-host from a bunker in Arlington. I'm using that recently. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Yeah, uh, Julie's voice betrayed her. Yeah. Yeah, she, you could tell. <laughs> yeah, you could tell she's not Dead happy giveaway. to be here. She's like, "Hey, I'm checking the box." Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, I, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. No, she's she's here. Um, I'm happy to hear Doc's voice. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, she's ready to be done with quarantine, as are many of us, many Americans. Except for the many people who didn't even start quarantine <laughs> and are making the rest of us stay in quarantine longer. That's true, and there are a lot. There's a lot of people out and about, uh, Docs, including somebody who was just at the window. And I think maybe that's why yeah. you were distracted, Julie. Oh, that's why I was distracted for sure. Yeah. But um, hey, Docs, I got what a question. Happened? I got a question for you, Docs. What What is the protocol for a guy who's been in quarantine for seven years? Like, what is your reemergence uh, plan here? Well, well the, I mean, the plan is not to reemerge. <laughs> <laughs> But when are we going to get you back in studio? Oh, I see what you mean. Like when when is studio time? When well, is I it going to be when studio it's, time? When it's when it's responsible. I mean, at at the end of the day, like I go to my parents' house once a week for dinner, mm-hmm. and they are at risk, and so I, I'm not going to go out and 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 do unnecessary things to put them at risk so Mm -hmm. i'll just hang out at my house and then hang out with my parents uh so that and i've like if you guys think you're having a hard time their only social activity is seeing me once a week that must be miserable (laughs) oh poor poor mr and mrs docs wow that is yeah that's not their name but yeah can you imagine (laughs) the only thing that they have to look forward to is is seeing my ugly face come on yeah that hey well we we appreciate that docs because it's important to uh be protecting the people in your life that are you know of high risk and certainly if they're not comfortable with you heading out the door but you let us know when mr and mrs docs are ready to roll we'll be we'll be here waiting yep and yeah, I, I, that's not their name. And I think we can just kind of <laughs> wait until the medical professionals uh, sort everything out and, and this virus isn't going to be a problem. So we're talking about, you know, finding a cure. We should do a, a, a 5K race for the cure, much like Michael Scott's race for rabies. <laughs> that's a great idea. Something that's never been thought of. Well done, docs. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, we got a big show today, guys. Uh, an exciting guest. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, June is Pride Month, and we're going to talk about Pride with uh, the director of marketing for the Blade Magazine, Stephen Ruckers, is going to join us. He's a friend of Pacers. He's had a faces of Pacers that I want to talk to him about, uh, among other things, Pride Month, and he was a he was a runner at GW uh, as well. Uh, so we'll talk to a uh, friend of, of Pacer, Stephen Rutgers, today on the program. Also on today's program, uh, there was a, a bit more, you know, we talked about the five-second bump last weekend. Uh, there was more than a five-second bump that happened, uh, and we'll talk about uh, when and where and how um, and who it was. Uh, really impressive effort by a runner this, this past week uh, who's been on Pace the Nation in the past. Uh, the, speaking of Pace Nation, there's been some PTN shine, and I want to talk about that. Uh, we were kind of in the news-ish, um, and Doc sent me a list that was PTN relevant. You know I love lists, so we'll get into that as well. Uh, London Marathon, they're making a decision soon. And then finally, uh, Doc's in a game night. So a lot to get into on today's show. Um a little bit of an odyssey uh, today to get here. Uh, we were a little bit late. Uh, it's it's been it's a been bit. A, yeah. D- Doc's text at noon. He said Are we still on for noon. I said oh no, twelve forty five, and he immediately said, uh, "Well, that's a little different." I think that was nice to say it was a little different. I'm glad you're actually available. Um, yeah. I hope we didn't ruin well, your day well, too. Well, lucky bad. for you, it's not dinner night with my parents. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but it's been, it's been hectic. I, I'll be honest. I'm going to touch base with a guest about this. I didn't even confirm this show with him. He said one o'clock on Thursday as we broadcast or we record here on Thursday at one Oh six. He said one o'clock on Thursday is good. I never got back to him. I was texting a number that wasn't even his. So that's how disheveled and like disorganized we are right now. Did the person at the wrong number confirm one o'clock? No, no, they didn't. No, I never heard from them. Let's not act like uh, this is the fault of COVID that you're this disheveled yeah. as well. I mean, I think this is just the product of a normal day. No, it's really not. I mean, let's pull back the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, you know, Julie and I are currently trying to sell our house. Uh, we don't have uh, a nanny. I thought we sold our house. Well, Did I got, miss something? We've got a contract on our house, but you know th- that could easily fall through. Um, we've, we picked the worst time in the history of the world to try to sell our house. Uh, we don't have a place to move into yet, uh, but we're uh, you know p- potentially trying to buy a place, trying to rent a place all at once. So, uh, And we don't have a nanny. Did I mention that? I probably mentioned that for the third time today because that is... Um, you know, love, love our kids, but we both have full-time jobs and, um, newsflash, the kids are a full-time job and babysitting those kids is, that is tough. So if we have any, uh, PTN listeners out there that have some, uh, solutions for us, we are all ears. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's my excuse docs. I don't know whether Uh you buy it or not. But well, Julie, so so this this must be uh, a really hard adjustment that now with COVID going on, uh, Farley is all, all all of a sudden disheveled and <laughs> and unorganized and unable to commit to always buttoned schedule. up before. Yes, always buttoned up yeah. before. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a real deal breaker for us. So yeah. 
things yeah. are things have really been flipped on their heads since covid <laughs> not right. only is as as has everything changed but obviously according to christopher his whole world has changed as well in the yeah. way that he operates in in every single day so all right i, I may be using somebody these... should feel bad for me here not uh, for chris yeah. so so i i realize that that we need to get to our guest are we going to mm-hmm. talk about you guys selling your house at some point yeah we could do that maybe on on this show or next show i, I don't want to jinx it too much let's let's when when the when the paperwork is totally uh done with what we could well, talk that's about at that. the end okay. of july so yeah it could be a, that's okay. a long teaser yeah end of july because i'm just waiting for it to fall through well you guys talk about how this is a really difficult time to uh sell your home but but that seemed to have work. I, I would argue that this is a much more difficult time to be single. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I don't want to complain. You're right. Probably hard to be single in a seven-year quarantine as well. <laughs> Nobody said this was easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's transition. Excited to be joined by friend of the show. He's the marketing director of The Blade, former runner at GW. Uh, we'll ask him about his running. We'll ask him about pride. We'll ask him about the blade. Steven Rutgers joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julian Docks, we are excited to be joined on the phone by the Director of Sales and Marketing of the Blade. It's Steven Rutgers. Steven, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great, man. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here on really short notice. Um, now, I, I was telling the Docs and Julie before uh, you, you just came on here that, um, you, you know, you, you and I emailed back and forth and you said one o'clock Thursday as we, brought, as we record here on Thursday was good. And I never confirmed it, 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 and that's that's the last correspondence from your end that you heard, right? That is correct. <laughs> I actually meant to follow up with you this morning. Well, <laughs> we're still doing it. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate you being available. I had text another number. I think a six one nine number. Oh, that's my old phone. Number. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're so, texting somebody out in San Diego. Now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So Doc, How did you get this number? I, it was his old number. So I, I had. Okay. I mean, Stephen is a friend of friend of Pacers and good friend of of Kathy. So uh, <laughs> Stephen, how old is that phone number? When's when did you switch over to your local number? Uh, probably about four years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, I've known Kathy and Chris since I think 2007. Yep. Wow. I was an intern at the Greater Washington Sports Alliance, and. We were working on the Wirefly National Marathon. That's right. And let's start. Let's start there. Uh, there yeah. You were in. You were in a uh, Faces of Pacers, and that's how the, it started. And that's how you got to know us. So, in turn, uh, you you ran at GW, uh, and we're going to talk to Stephen about a number of things. Uh, Pride Month. We're going to talk about the Blade. Uh, but but let's start with the National Marathon. So you met Kathy and I, and it was like an all nighter on the course, right? It was. We were. Um, setting up mile markers on the course and I was in the back of a pickup truck or something I don't remember um, pulling out the mile markers as you guys were driving along Um, and then and I was like some shy little quiet 19 year old (laughs) and then it was probably like 3 a.m. in the morning and we were pulling next to a mile marker that was in one of the tunnels 
and I'm like in the back pulling it out, trying to get it out by myself. And then this cab was like zooming at like 70 miles an hour straight towards us. And then like swerved at the last second. And like, I, I remember like I felt the air rush like next to me and I just like stood there. Was this the closest you've ever come to dying? Cause I remember that moment was like that. that you could have died there. Yeah, no, it was. And so I always joke with Kathy. I'm like, the first time I ever met you, you almost got me killed. So thank you. <laughs> that was a crazy race. That Wirefly National Marathon later turned into the uh, what, what is now uh, the Rock and Roll uh, Half and Full Marathon. Um, so that was your first. Uh, was that your first? You said that was an internship. That wasn't. Was it? Was it your first job or out of college? Or you said you were in college at the time. Yeah, no, it was my freshman year at GW. Um, my major uh, was in sports and management. Um, I found this internship online, mainly like managed all the registration and everything, and then helped with the day of logistics. Um, so I had maybe been in DC for six months at that point. Wow. Wow. Well, we're glad you lived, um, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, your current situation and at the Blade and what's going on this month. Um, but let's talk about GW. Well, first off, uh, did you ever consider? Now, Julie went to Rutgers. Did you ever, as Stephen Rutgers, did you ever consider Rutgers? So, funny story. <laughs> Rutgers. The university is named after like a great, 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 great grandfather somewhere down the line. Um, and growing up, we always used to get Rutgers sweatshirts for every Christmas and they always used to like ship them overnight. Yep. And so I was like, I was applying to colleges and I was like, okay, I got to apply to Rutgers just to apply. Like, I don't <laughs> want to go there, but I'm going to apply. Totally forgot about the deadline. Applied like two weeks late and the next week got a acceptance letter being like, you're accepted. And I was like, How, what, what? Really? Um, and then they would like call me and be like, "So are you going to come here?" And I'm like, "No, I just like wanted the letter that I <laughs> that got you got Rutgers." So, wait, you're a descendant of Henry Rutgers? Yes, that Somewhere is along amazing. Lines. That's incredible. Wow. So we were going to kind of kid about your last name, but yeah. here we are. Because if you along went to the bloodline, if you went to Rutgers, and obviously they they fast tracked you, and they didn't need to look at anything other than your last name. Um, but if you'd gone to Rutgers, uh, now, Julian, are you about the same age now? I think, I, I think. I graduated in 04. 04. When did you graduate, Stephen? 2010. So, so you, you guys would not have crossed path. That would have been really funny. But you decided to go to GW, come to DC, um, and you ran, uh, cross country and track. Uh, I believe, did, did you guys have both cross country and track when you were there? We did not. We just had cross country. Just had cross country and, you know, good runner, but some injury filled times. How was your experience there? Um, I mean, it was great. Um, I mean, obviously I grew up in California and um, wanted to sort of get away. Um, so I was recruited by GW and also West Point and ended up with GW just because I'm not a military person. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think at the time I was still in the closet, not out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, I think, entertaining the West Point idea because it was like, okay, I can hide who I am, go into the military and nobody knows I'm gay. Mm -hmm. Um, but eventually decided on GW, um, and had a few injuries, had two knee surgeries while I was running there. Um, so didn't have the best running career, um, but was a great cheerleader during those times on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. Um, GW, I mean, just being in DC is very friendly for the LGBT community. Was it, was it tough as a as an athlete? Uh, and so you were there, two thousand six, two thousand ten. Uh, being a gay gay male on the cross country team. So I I was raised Mormon. So coming to mm-hmm. DC, where I mean I went from a small town in California to DC, and which is very liberal, um, was great to begin with. Um, but it's funny that we called ourselves sort of the gayest team in the country because <laughs> we had my freshman year there was three of the like eleven of us that were out. Um, and then the following year, there's a couple other people that came on that were also out as well. Um, so the team was always super friendly um, and super awesome just because there was a few of us that were already out. And so we didn't really have to worry about it. Um, and so that was probably one of the greatest things because I know a lot of student athletes don't have a lot of people that are necessarily out or depending on your sport. Um, so having sort of that support system, especially when you're just coming out and having other people around you that have gone through the same thing or going through the same thing was great. When when did you when did you come out? Um, so my parents found out the day I landed here in DC. Wow. Wow. How did they take it? Um, so my mom was with me. She um she actually found out I think like a week or so before. Mm-hmm. Um she was the first one. Um she took it great um, and is sort of my biggest cheerleader. Um, some of my other families, like I said, I was raised Mormon. Um, didn't take it so well, but I mean, now everyone is super supportive and has finally come around. So um, I think a lot of it is just education um, and educating people that being gay is okay or being bi or being whatever you might be is okay. Um, and just being around them um, and educating them, I think, is the biggest thing. Well, we're celebrating obviously uh, this this month Pride Month, um, and uh, we're, we're Pacers running is is working for with the Run for Love race. We're going to talk to Stephen about that. Um, so, an, an often injured, uh, uh, often injured at, at GW. Um, did you after college? Did you decide I, I'm I'm done running and I'm just going to you know uh, you know uh put the shoes on the shelf or have you continued to run since then so i've continued to run i had my last surgery in 2010 um my senior year at gw um and it was called lateral release surgery but basically my doctor here was like don't plan on really running much anymore um it takes a while to recover um of course running has always been a part of my life and i'm super stubborn and so i continued (laughs) to run was still in some pain um and then happened to be walking home one night on florida avenue and tripped on a lovely dc brick that was sticking (laughs) up ground and fell and cracked my kneecap oh no on my my good knee oh my gosh and i remember this was right before the high heel race that happens every every year um and you guys were actually doing the timing for it yep uh, and I went over there to go help out and I was like walking around and Kathy's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I can't walk my knee. I fell. And she's like, oh, you'll be fine. Whatever. Get out um, there. Help out. You've done the wirefly marathon. You know the deal. Yeah. Get out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then went and got an x-ray and I had cracked knee tap. So I was in a knee immobilizer for I think eight weeks. Wow. Um, and ever since then, I have not had any pain in my um, bad knee anymore. 
sort of a miracle. That's um, crazy. So that, That's crazy. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with you hurting the other knee. I think it's just I finally gave myself time to fully rest. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, because I never like I'd always try and rush back to running. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of got into marathon running. Um, ran Marine Corps. I've run that one twice. Um, and so now I'm on sort of a kick to do the six marathon majors. Um, so I've done Chicago and London and was supposed to be doing Berlin in September. Wow. Yeah. And it's, uh, has that one been canceled yet? I can't keep track. But they had, they postponed it Mm -hmm. officially. I think probably going to cancel it in July. Yeah. That's that's when our next statement will be. Yeah. That's really too bad. Well, Hopefully those will be back up and running and you can get all six uh, before too many years. Um, well, let's talk about, uh, so y- you uh, are the marketing and sales director uh, at the Blade. What does that mean? What does your job entail? Yeah, so the Washington Blade is the oldest LGBTQ newspaper in the country. Um, last October, we actually celebrated our 50th anniversary, um, which is super exciting. Um, and so we also have a sister paper we launched in L.A., three years ago called the Los Angeles Blade. Um, so I basically manage our sales team here in LA um, and then also manage all our events and partnerships. Um, so we do normally a ton of events out in the community throughout the year, um, especially during Pride. Um, we normally have eight events in one week, um, wow. but we also do the Best in KDC Awards in October um, and a bunch of other things. Um, and so I... I manage all that. What it, so what is for those who don't know, some of the listeners who don't know, what what is what is Pride Month? What is what does that mean? And what are these eight events that you're talking about? Yeah, so I mean, there's prides around the world, um, and Pride Month is June, um, and so DC Pride is normally the second week um, in October. Um, there's a full week of celebration, um, the Capital Pride Alliance which organizes everything, has the big parade, the big festival with the concert. Um, but as the Blade and then being sort of the voice for the LGBT community, we plan our own events. Um, so we do a special beer can with DC Brow every year um, and do a sort of design contest for the community around that. What what kind of beer um, is it this year? So it's normally their Pilsner, which mm-hmm. we repurposed and called the pride pills mm-hmm. um and then this year they launched their new um seltzer line and so we're gonna do um sort of a pride punch seltzer um but all of that sort of was put on hold with covid sure um but all of that goes to our foundation which i can speak on a little more mm-hmm. later but so there's just a lot of fun events we do we do pride appear on the wharf um which is just a fun day of free community event for thousands of people to come down and no matter your age and dance on the pier, have some fun. Um, so lots of different fun events. And you did just mention the Blade Foundation. Uh, what do they do? So the Blade Foundation, we launched it about 10 years ago, which was to originally digitize, digitize our archives. Um, we had 50 years of newspapers that aren't accessible to the public. Um, so we started digitizing them. Um, luckily, DC Public Libraries came along and partnered with us, and they're in the process of doing all that for free. Um, so wow. soon you'll be able to read the Blade on DC Public Libraries' website and ours as well. Um, and so we, that sort of shifted the focus of the foundation. Um, so we sort of have 
few other pillars that we like to call. Um, one is sort of our enterprise journalism. Um, and we have a couple grants that have sent our international news editor around the world um, to underrepresented communities that don't have LGBT news coverage. Um, so he's been to Cuba, Colombia, um, Mexico, mainly Latin America, and they're hoping to expand in some other countries in the future. Um, but he's found different freelancers we now have in these countries that write back to us on a regular basis mm -hmm. and are covering these issues on the ground. Um, our, one of our reporters actually was in Cuba and tried to seek asylum here because he was being persecuted for being a journalist. Hmm. Um, he just, he spent 11 months in ICE custody um, and was just released a few months ago. Um, so now he's in Miami writing for us um, on a regular basis and is now living here being a journalist. Um, so so, that's sort of the so hold, hold on. So the persecuted for being a journalist is the, like that journalism is not a thing in Cuba. So they have, <laughs> sorry, I mean, docs, have docs help me. I mean, I'm, I'm showing my ignorance a little bit here, but, uh, but yeah. I'm sorry, Steven docs. No. Are you going to give a history lesson real quick? Yeah. Oh, am I going to no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Steven was about to explain. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, they have their sort of state run media down there. Um, and he was writing on issues that they didn't like. Wow. Um, our international news editor, Michael Lavers, had been to Cuba six times. Um, and the last time he went down there, he got detained in Cuba for six hours um, and basically said, you're on a list. You can't come into our country anymore. Um, and then they sent him back to Miami. Um, so, and that's all just because of the stories he's written on what is going on in Cuba with LGBT rights and everything else. Wow. Um, so basically so, they didn't like it. And so they, so they, they detained him for 11 months. Well, so he came and looked for asylum in the United States and then was detained in the United States in ICE custody for 11 months. Got it. So Cuba, um, Cuba is a communist country, mm -hmm. and so they control, the state controls... The media. It, the media among among many things. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so, sorry, uh, Stephen, if you listen to the show, you'll know where I'm deficient. I'm, I'm really good in everything but geography and history. Those are the two, <laughs> those are the two areas. Just two, right, Julie? Just two. Just two. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, there, there, I did want to just interject too, that, uh, the, the foundation helped us with this t-shirt on shop at runpacers.com, the Washington blade, uh, gay pride day T T really cool image. What, where, what, what, when's that image from? Yeah. So that is actually the first gay pride festival ever in DC. I want to say it's 19, 1970 or 1971. Um, but obviously the blade has been around since 1969. So we have my office is full of filing cabinets that is just full of old, awesome photos that go all the way back. Nice. Um, which we're also the foundation foundation is in the process of digitizing that as well. That's um, awesome. but I also want to add just with the foundation, I know we got a little sidetracked on yeah. Cuba. Sorry, um, sorry, but, my fault. No, it's fine. But we also have a scholarship portion. Um, so we do, um, we launched our first scholarship last year with our 50th anniversary uh, for LGBTQ um, students who are going into journalism. Um, and then we have a couple different fellowships. So the DC frontrunners always do their pride, pride K um, and the blade foundation is 
one of the beneficiaries of that. Um, and so the money that they have raised from that has gone to our fellowship program here in DC. Um, so they've been great supporters, but that's sort of the other portion of the foundation is sort of creating the next wave of LGBTQ journalists in this country. And uh, you mentioned the DC Frontrunners and the Pride 5K that they do every year. This year, it was virtual. The uh, Run for Love, uh, the local Run for Love uh, 5K virtual race happened. Uh, when this podcast come out, comes out, it will be finished. But there is a national event still going on, right? There is. Um, we, obviously, the DC Frontrunners are doing the local version. Um, and then as part of the shirt we created with you, you guys are also doing... The national run, um, which benefits the Blade Foundation, so thank you very much for that, yeah. um, and we are excited for that. Yeah. So, tell me uh, the, the Blade. Um, in your opinion, why is it important? Why is the Blade such an important publication? Yeah. So we are known for our political news mostly, but we are also the only LGBT news, LGBTQ news source that is part of the White House press pool. Wow. Um, we were admitted back in 2014 um, to the press pool, um, but we had been in the White House before, um, but then when Bush came in, we were removed from the White House, and then Obama put us back in. Um, but being part of the sort of rotating press pool um, is sort of the next level that we're at. And that, what that means is that our White House reporter, one, he's in the White House every day, um, but two, once a month, he represents all print publications um, in the pool report. And so he gets to follow the president around wherever they go. And he's reporting back to every other publication in the world. So wow. the New York, New York Times, Washington Post, um, you name it. So that it sort of brings one a level of respect to the blade and what we do. But also, while, yes, LGBTQ news is in the forefront especially with the supreme court decision this last week or on monday and which was great news but um none of the sort of bigger publications are covering it on a daily basis like we are mm -hmm. um every story we, we write has an lgbtq angle um so a lot of the news coming out of the white house or capitol hill or whatever it may be starts with us hmm. um we're asking those questions and then the bigger great Bigger guys will always pick it up, um, but it's still important because as of before Monday, um, as people said, you could go legally get married on a Friday and go into work on Monday and be fired for being gay. Mm -hmm. um, so LGBTQ rights still have a long way to go in this country. Um, so it's important to have, I think, somebody like the Blade who is on the ground every day focusing on those issues and bringing light to a lot of things. That's um, a, yeah, that's awesome. So that, 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 that your reporter has a seat in this on these daily press conferences that the press secretary has uh, in the White House. They have a seat in that room and they have a direct relationship with this press secretary. Yep. And so he's part of the White House Correspondents Association, which is the association that sort of manages who has access um, to that. And it's all news publications, TV, radio, print. Um, and then he has his own relationships with the press secretary and everything else. And so he does get to ask questions um, to them every so often. And he asked one last night about what their thoughts were on the Supreme Court decision and made some news with that. Um, so um, it's definitely a great thing to have that access for the community and have somebody in there asking those questions. 
That's awesome. Um, so again, June is is Pride Month, and did did you say so? June just you know you're educating me here, Stephen. Is it, so June is Pride Month everywhere, or can other do other countries select other months, or do they have different times? Yeah, I mean, so June is Pride Month around the world, mm-hmm. um, but there are prides that are held outside of June. Um, there are some that are in July. There's some that are in September. A lot of that I think is weather dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, is having depending on where you're at, having a June or a July or August um, celebration isn't always the most pleasant. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so, but June month is around the world is, or Pride Month around the world is in June. Is, has, has COVID uh, taken some of the wind out of the sails for this, this year's Pride? I, so all Prides basically around the world have been postponed mm-hmm. and or canceled. Um, they're obviously... There's obviously the big prides that there's D.C., New York, L.A., San Francisco. Um, but now that things have started sort of progressed around the country, there's a lot of what we call regional prides. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Northern Virginia has a pride. Um, there's prides popping up in little towns in Maryland and wherever it may be. Um, so most of those have just been completely canceled um, altogether this year. Um, but they are there is a organization that sort of encompasses all the prides around the world and so they are planning a sort of world virtual pride oh cool uh, which is going to be i believe next week um next weekend so but a lot of the prides have been doing just a lot of different activations um we've been doing different pride chats every thursday for the blade um we actually have one today at four o'clock so if you want to tune in go to our facebook page um which this won't air then but right but hey we hey, whatever the, the three of us can for sure yeah Absolutely. you can yep. um but um and capital pride has been doing some virtual chats um i know um new york pride is planning sort of a whole slew of things um that are all digital and virtual this year so um but most of the parades all the big sort of events have been canceled and or postponed now I, yeah the parade is is one of my favorite uh my, my brother is well he moved but he was part of the dc front runners and you know he was in the parade a number of times with the dc front runner so we my family would always go down so what's kind of your favorite um you know this is a this is a this is a, a an odd year but what what are your favorite uh pride activities on a regular pride month so my favorite activity is one, I love the festival. I love sort of the free concert. They always get some big celebrities to come in and sing. Um, but two years ago, the Blade launched Pride on the Pier. We partnered with the Wharf. Um, mm. And so we take over the pier down there um, and sort of have grown that event to, I mean, last year, we their little tracker that they, they're able to track everybody that comes on the property um, by cell phones. Um, we had about 40,000 people come through that day. Wow. Um, onto the property, the wharf. Um, and we did the first ever pride fireworks show. Um, but it's just it's a ton of fun to see people from young kids to teenagers, to old adults, all on the pier, all having fun, all dancing together. Um, and just having fun. Um, mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily part of the community. Um, you could be an ally or whatever it may be, but just, having all these people together all at once um, and sort of celebrating together is great to see. That's awesome. Um, so, 
and and we're going to get you out of here in, in, in just a moment. Um, how do you feel, you know, generally um, about where we are um, as as a country, as you know, where we are with uh, LGBT, uh, you know, how how the country feels or how the country has progressed? Um, how do you personally feel? I mean, I I think we're getting there. Um, like I said, Monday's decision by the Supreme Court. Um, is considered by a lot bigger than the same-sex marriage ruling um, just because not every LGBTQ person is going to get married, but every LGBTQ person needs a job mm-hmm. or is going to have a job. Um, so having that protection of not having to worry about being yourself um, and getting fired for it, um, we still have sort of long ways to go. There's the Equality Act, which has been passed by the House but has been sitting in the Senate, um, which will protect LGBTQ people on a bunch of levels outside of employment. Um, and I think, um, especially in the current climate, um, we have the transgender community and especially the black transgender community that um, we see every month now that another black transgender person has been murdered in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a long ways to go until there's really cool true full equality for the full lgbtq community um gay marriage was great but that's not everything within the community can we talk about how ridiculous it is that that like monday's decision i I mean when i read that i was like i cannot believe that this was legal prior to today it just seems so absurd that, yeah, and, that we're passing laws today in 2020 to protect the LGBTQ community in in the workforce? I mean, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, only 21 states had laws on the books that prote- protected the community in the workforce. Unbelievable. Um, and so it's amazing, but like I said, there's still a long ways to go. I mean, now, I mean, you're going to have fights with... Um, transgender students and schools and all that that's sort of the next i think next step of the next fight yeah um because there's still not a lot of acceptance or understanding for the trans community um even within the gay community i think everyone i think thinks because we're gay that we understand what trans people go through um but i'm i don't know what trans people go through right. what they feel um because their story is completely different than my story of how I came out or, but they just, I mean, they have other challenges. Um, and so I think as we're moving forward, we all have to realize that, well, yes, the progress we've made is great. There's still a long ways to go. Yeah. And like you said before, you know, the, the perspective from your family really changed upon education. Right. And so, so much of this is just about, you know, people understanding like education, you know, whether it's in schools, you know, whether it's in the media, whatever that is, is educating people about each other's experience. And that that's what this is all about, right? People build compassion when they understand. Um, so, so that's a big part of, uh, you know, moving forward, hopefully, in understanding and, and passing more um, laws that protect our communities. Um, I, I just thought that was crazy on Monday. I just couldn't believe that we were still in that space. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to be hopefully fighting the good fight, um, alongside you guys. So really appreciate you talking about it today. Yeah, no, and I think it's 
um, allies like Pacers and everything that have been doing, I think, being involved in the community for years, that has been great and really makes a difference um, to us locally um, and supporting those organizations that are really doing work for the community. All right, Stephen, before we get you out of here, last one for you. Um, we, uh, we, talk, we talk a lot about dogs on this show, um, and I think you've got a new addition to your family. Uh, a gr- is it a gr- do you have a Great Dane? I do. Oh, I, got oh, a, man. Wow. I got a Corona puppy. Um, <laughs> so my last Great Dane passed away in August, and oh. I wasn't going to get a dog this year because I was like, I'm going to be running Berlin and right. some other races, and I'm going to focus on me, and then everything sort of hit. Um, and I was talking to my dad and sisters and my dad was just like, you know what? This is the craziest time ever. Go get a puppy. And I was like, why not? <laughs> um, so I made the deposit on my puppy and drove to Chattanooga, Tennessee, just as all this was starting, um, and picked her up. Um, and so my sisters named her. So if you watch Shit's Creek, her name is Alexis Rose. Nice. Uh, Lexi for short. They tried to get me to call her Moira, but I wasn't going to name my dog Moira. Um, <laughs> But she is now four and a half months old and is just getting huge. Wow. I mean, how, how big do those, those dogs get? So my last one was about 130 pounds. Oh um, but as big as you. Her, basically. That's how Great. much I weigh, yeah, 130 I mean, it's, pounds. It's crazy. So. Well, I'm a little scared because her dad is 198 pounds. <laughs> Gosh, um, whoa. And last time I took her to the vet, she had gained 16 pounds in three weeks. Wow. Uh, <laughs> So, how much does she eat be, at this point? She's about six cups a day. So I go through a big bag of dog food about every three weeks right now. Wow, mm, it's such an investment. I mean, <laughs> they're the most. They're such beautiful dogs. Yeah. But you think about what it takes. It's like it's like having a mini horse in your house. <laughs> True, it is. Um, she's like outgrown her crate, and I'm like, well, once you're out of this crate, we're not getting another one because you're a bigger one will take up my whole apartment. <laughs> um, but they're the biggest and cutest babies ever. So she's afraid of the wind, right. um, bicycles or anything like that. It just scares her. That's um, awesome. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Shit's Creek, one of your favorite sh- Docs r- raved about that show. Julie and I haven't watched it. You, you recommend it. Yeah. Oh, highly recommended. You have to watch it. Okay. All right. And the, and the woman who plays Alexis does such a brilliant job. Yeah. She's such a great character. Yeah. yeah, and my my puppy now, she has a very big personality, so people are like, oh, it's the perfect name to name her. <laughs> Alexis Rose. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I would, I would be scared if if I had a, a dog that had matched that personality. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, Chris, when we get off, I'm going to text you a video Please. to her song called A Little Bit of Lexus, and that will give you a hint of what shit's creek is like but also my puppy send send that to me and uh, i'll look out for the not the 619 number that is no longer yours <laughs> you'll yeah, delete, delete that number yes all right it's steven records it's at steven records on twitter you could find the washington blade uh the washington blade online is washingtonblade.com uh we got a lot going on obviously this month for for pride month uh, Run for Love, you can go find details about that, runpacers.com. Uh, Steven, great stuff, man, on such short notice. Fantastic interview. Really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And once again, thank you for 
the support of the Blade Foundation. Absolutely. We really appreciate all you guys do. All right, Stephen Rutgers, he joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to the Washington Blades Marketing and Sales Director, Stephen Rutgers, for joining us on Pace the Nation today. Uh, great stuff there. Um, shortest notice ever for a guest. He literally had 10 minutes to prepare. He's texting me beforehand. He's like, uh, anything I should know? I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. Fortunately, he was a, he was a good sport. Yes, you're going to have to educate me on dictatorships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I show my ignorance on this show probably a little more than I should. <laughs> Every, when I, I can see that it's a bad question when Julie cringes. When she cringes, she's like, don't let them know how dumb you are, please. Please, just don't let them know. <laughs> you know, leave something to the imagination, please, please. Yeah, I just it's in protection yeah. of you. Yeah, I know, I know. I appreciate that. No, I think it's good. I think I think it's good that not only do we uh, have a, a a nice conversation for our listeners, but we also teach you something you should have learned thirty years ago. <laughs> it's educational oh, for Chris too. That's right. Maybe today's theme is education. Yep, could be the title. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, have all information about uh, a lot of the the events and and runs we're doing for Pride Month. Uh, Runpacers.com. You can check it out all there, and WashingtonBlade.com to see all the great work Stephen's doing with the blade. All right. I mentioned in the intro that PTN had gotten a little shine, and anytime PTN gets shine, I always have to bring it up. Uh, so I wanted to play this for you guys. I'm not sure whether you, both of you guys heard this or not, but we were on NPR. Didn't want to speak on the record with WBUR, but he recently detailed the deal on a runner's podcast called Pace the Nation. The state of Massachusetts at this point had, had put out a bunch of purchase orders and put out a, a bunch of money. Mine just seemed to be the one that was the most real, the quickest. The deal was $4 million on about 1.5 million masks, so roughly $2.66 a piece. A large number of them turned out to be KN95s and not the preferred N95. Danza tells the host, Chris Farley, that he too was getting pitches from mask sellers. Everybody's trying to make a quick buck, and it's frankly a little bit disgusting. Um, and and I've, I've screamed at a few of them. Just saying, <laughs> I can't believe that you're doing this. Right, yeah. Danza says he wants to help out during the mask shortage, but he also acknowledges the business has worked out well for him. This isn't a big, like, money-making thing for you. Uh, no, but it, 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 I, I would be lying if I said that I'm not, like, it's good for business. making a decent yeah, amount of money. Yeah, it's good for business for you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's not alone. All right, so there it was. We were on uh, NPR radio in Massachusetts, and, um... They talked about the Brian Danza story that we did. So, um, Julie. Yeah? Did you hear yourself? I was having trouble hearing. Farley said we were on. I didn't hear myself. <laughs> no. Did you hear yourself? No, I, did, I didn't. I, I could hear Ju Julie laugh in the background. Did, I, she was on there. Ju Julie, did you did you hear them mention your name? I heard them mention Chris Farley's name. I didn't hear my didn't, name. Did you hear I your didn't name? hear my name either. Oh, that laughing you heard in the background, okay. that was when the big applause sign kept <laughs> popping. At the, you know, I had to do the, the, the laugh and the applause like an yeah, audience. Yeah. 
well, that, uh, I want to thank Beth Healy uh, for that uh, for that uh, piece and Brian Dans as well um, on NPR. Also, um, I, I this is kind of shine related, but Doc sent us a, sent us a list. He sent us a list of all the father-son combinations who've broken four minutes in the mile ever in the history of the world, and there was 12 of them. Do you know how many of those 12 couples, father-son duos, have been on Pace the Nation? So to, out of those 24 individuals, how many have been on Pace the Nation? Yeah, exactly. We, we've only had one combo. Correct. Uh, one father-son combo. The reason I sent you this was because it, it did come up in last week's show when we were talking to, to Johnny, who he, he's on the list, and you asked him how many people, and and his guess was eight or nine. Mm-hmm. In, in 2015, when he broke four minutes in the, in the mile, he became the uh, ninth father and son duo to, to break four minutes. That's why he said that. But since he broke that, uh, there were um, three more... Uh, father-son duo, so I guess three more sons uh, added added to the list. So now it's at twelve. That's why I looked it up. Uh, do I know how many sub four minute milers we've had on the show that are on this list? Yes, you do. Okay, can you name them, please? You know I love lists. Well, I, I mean the the softball is Johnny Gregoric because we yep. just talked about just him. Had him. I, I just referenced him. And mm-hmm. and the easy one, I, I said that there was a father and a son, so that's Matt and Matthew Centrowitz. Okay, so um, that's three. I you say there's five? There are five. Okay, so then I would say Ahmed Bile. Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and then I would say that uh, Darren Brown forced his way onto the show once. So he's <laughs> yeah, on he did. We were talking. To, well, we I don't know if he forced his way, but you know, know. we were talking <laughs> to Sarah, his his wife mostly, but Darren was was on there. That's good. Yep. No, he's her he's her coach, and it was we were yep. talking to both of them. I'm yep. just kidding. Yep. Did that cover all five? Yeah. So that's got so Matt, Matthew, Johnny. Ahmed and then Darren, yeah. So five of five of the twenty-four have been on Pace the Nation. We didn't have Kip Kino. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Okay, okay, yeah. No. Then those five, those those five would be my final answer. So, um, if I'm doing the math right, that's you know, which is which is always which, which is, is always dicey, a big risk. which is which is dicey. That's more than twenty percent of the entire group of people who have ever, uh, ever, ever accomplished this. So, um, props to us. So, a little, little more shine for PTN. So, what you're saying is that if people want to uh, break four minute mile with their father, they should come on the show. Right. Yes. Yes. Abs- absolutely. Um, I would say if probably though I. I I would I would say that you should probably be in the area of a four minute mile, and your dad might have hopefully have, has done it already. Yeah, th- um, we can't we can't go back in history. Yeah, we can't probably can't. Um, we're not that good. We're good. <laughs> we're good, but I'm not sure we're that good. We should probably decide what the bump is for a duo, though. Don't yeah, you think? Yeah. Do we split the five seconds, or how does that work? Yeah, we got to get the scientists involved on that. Um, I, I I can't wait to talk about this this week because I, I really feel like you guys have zero grasp on the five-second bump concept. Well, <laughs> well, 
I, I did want maybe it's just me actually. I want I want to bring this the the uh, it's kind of relevant to the next story. Um, an amazing performance uh, by a former guest who I would say has not done a track race of a 5000 meter track race since she's been on the show. So she had uh, had obviously run a, tr- a track race, and we're talking about Kira Kira Diamato, who had an amazing right. uh, who had an amazing 5K this past week, amazing quarantine 5K. Uh, she had obviously run 5Ks before she was on our show. We talked about her as a marathoner. She'd done a n- number of road races leading up to the Olympic Trials Marathon, where she placed 15th. But since PTN, she had not done a track 5K. And she blew her PR out of the water. So I, I think the, the, the Pace the Nation bump is alive and well. Uh, Kira Diamato ran 15.04 for the 5,000 meters uh, with, with a pacer. She had a, a, a guy as, as a pacer for her at a track in Richmond. Um, and her previous PR, she hadn't even broken 16, was 16.04. So by a, she PR'd by a minute. So let's get the scientists to work. Yeah, and I, I like what she said. Uh, her motivation of running so fast was she needed to get back home before she had put some cartoons on for her kids at the house. <laughs> right, right. And and she needed to get back home before the cartoon was over. Yes. <laughs> Funny line. Flowtrack tweeted that out. You can go to Flowtrack and you can see uh, you know Kira's uh, comment there. Um, the, the, the time's amazing, but the fact that she's got two kids is, I don't know. Julie, you were a 5,000-meter runner. Uh, you could speak to it better than we could. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Well, <clears throat> I think it's important to note that, it, number one, Kira was a star in college. Yes, she absolutely. was, I think, a five- or six-time All-American. She finished sixth at the NCAA Cross-Country Championships, which – Anytime you break the top 10, you're in the company of some of the best athletes in the U.S. and internationally. Um, but Kira ran a little bit after college, but kind of quickly changed gears. So, you know, she doesn't have, I would say, the wear and tear that somebody who's been training for the last mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 12 years straight would have. Um, so she comes at it from a different angle. And it's an it's an incredible story. Um but it is a different angle, and I think people are, are comparing her in all these different ways, but what she's done is is unique. And I have to say, I, I want to take a shot at the Let's Run message boards here for a second. Mm, uh-oh. People Let's- are going off, uh, uh, you know, because this is a huge story. She's 35 years old. She's 35 right now? She's 35? Yep, 35, yeah. Runs 15.04, and they're, they're clowning Centrowitz from – like what 13 years ago saying that he didn't get the best out of her i mean mm. it's it's so ridiculous the, the if you look back at the results of what was happening in the ncaa at that time women were not running as fast as they are today so she was in the best company that the ncaa um you know was producing at that time and now the bar is just so different uh, Centrowitz did an amazing job with her, and she's working with Scott Rasco now, who's also doing an amazing job with her. And um, also just want to say, as a coach, um, coaches are there as a guide. The coaches do not control the athletes. So in, in this sense, like all the credit in the world goes to Kira and her family, 
who are supporting her, her children, her husband, um, who are supporting this dream. I mean, she was 15th at the Olympic trials. Was it 15th? 15th, yep. Uh, a in couple February. months ago. Yep. This is an incredible rise for someone. And she. it feels like she's just getting started. Like the way she attacked that race, Chris and I actually got to catch it. Um, it was like on Facebook Live or yeah. Instagram Live. Yep. And we, we caught the last like maybe 600 meters of it. She looks so smooth. Um, so it's just exciting to see someone doing it from a different angle, a different way. Um, there's no one cookie cutter way to do this thing. And I give her so much credit for coming back after, you know, starting her career, having her children, but still having this burning desire to see what was left. And obviously there's a lot left. So I hope for Kira, she stays healthy this next year because I think she's going to be a force to reckon with, um, on the track next spring. I, I think that is very true. Well said. Um, Docs, what cartoons do you think her kids were watching? Uh, what what do I think that they were watching? Yeah, Ducktales. <laughs> Ducktales, I knew, I knew it. Yeah, I, I was gonna pick something more, uh, more temp, uh, more more contemporary. Is that the right term for it, or more oh, recent? Oh, Ducktales. Ducktales was rebooted. We talked about this. Oh, there, that's true. There are new episodes of Ducktales out right now. That's true. Well, we'll have to get on the show and ask her uh, that that in very important question. Mm-hmm. That should be the first question we ask her, by the way. <laughs> and and she was the one who uh, did the root beers afterwards, right? She 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 started running. Julie, you said she took a, a time off from running. The reason she got back into running was so she could earn a root beer float every day. Right. Yep. <laughs> I, I do have a question for her though. If we get her on the show, yeah. I, she has mentioned multiple times that she stopped running. I don't. I want to know if she actually stopped running or she just stopped training. Right. Um, there's a big difference. Yeah. Well, well why we, don't you go back and listen to one of her shows? <laughs> is it? Did you guys talk about it? In no, here? I don't know if we did. Yes. Yeah, did we, we talk talked about, about her layoff. All right. Well, then the other question I want to ask, and maybe it's just because it's at the time of COVID, and I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think. What constitutes a time trial? Yeah. Because I think people are are putting her in some, you know, rankings as in like race races, race results. Right. And so it's like, is it a time trial or is it a race? Well, it's not a race because it's not. I mean, much like Johnny said last week, you have to have. She was rabbited by a, a guy. So yeah, exactly. That's true. Um, yeah. it, it can't the be. The guy a, is a, a Georgetown grad. Silas friends. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Another okay. Georgetown okay. reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ran for Georgetown. Yeah, I didn't. I did not realize that. Um, but you guys yeah, could talk about that at home. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I, I think it's. I. I don't think it's a. Um, yeah, I, I. I don't think it's a, an actual race. I mean, I, there's no doubt no, in my mind should, she's. She's it gonna definitely do. shouldn't count as a race. Yeah, it's something you did in practice. Yeah, this is just a this this doesn't count for uh, anything other than I mean it counts for her PR, but it doesn't account for uh, any any official list because yeah. it's, it's definitely not valid. Yeah, I, I don't even think that's debatable. And I don't think you can validate it with a male pacing you as well. Yeah, um, but no. certainly yeah, exactly. it shows what kind of shape she's in, which is just awesome. Yeah, no no doubt. And uh, I, honestly, I, I don't think she cares if it's on somebody else's list. I think she's she's really happy with bettering her PR, you know? No, I totally uh, agree. I, I agree. Like, she, she doesn't get hung up on all this other stuff, which is cool. 
Yeah, go check out episode 150. Uh, the episode is entitled Stop and uh, Smell the Cherry Blossoms, uh, where we talked to Cara DiMonto uh, back in 2018. All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area D.C. locations. Uh, Pacers Running is for every run. Our Virginia stores are open for appointments. Uh, go to runpacers.com and you can get an appointment to be fit for shoes, accessories, apparel today. Uh, D.C. hopefully open next week. It looks like they're getting closer to phase two and they will be open. This podcast is also sponsored by Random Row Beer. Random Row Brewery is in Charlottesville, Virginia. We are, they are also distributing beer throughout Northern Virginia in Wegmans. So go to your local Wegmans and pick up a six-pack or a four. I don't know if they're six-packs or four-packs. Uh, whatever it is, it's really good beer. Uh, so check out uh, Random Row Beer. Also, at Cold Country Salmon, you can get them delivered directly to your house, coldcountrysalmon.com. Well, Farley, if, if you're concerned about not knowing if it's a four-pack or a six-pack, you should just encourage our listeners to order 12 beers. <laughs> right. Just go ahead and order either two six-packs or th- three four-packs. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Smart. I like the pause in the Yeah, hand. that's right. That made me nervous. Uh, 12, that was okay. another cringe moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 12 is divisible by both four and six, so that's a safer way to, to, to do the plug. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Chris is actually really good at math, though, so yeah, I, uh, I was a little surprised he yeah, paused there. Yeah. It got it better, better, be, better be safe. Measure twice, cut once, you know? Yeah, that's right. Since we're doing ad reads, I have an idea. Maybe somebody can make an app for us. Uh, it, it'll be a podcast app. And basically, all it does is it's just like, you know, when you order a pizza and you check the pizza and it tells you what stage the pizza's in. It tells mm-hmm. you, like, we're, yep. we're, we're preparing it. It's in the oven. Out for it's delivery. out for delivery. It's been yep. delivered. Yeah. We should do this for Pace the Nation because I keep getting too many text messages. Hey, where's the what's going on with the podcast? Why, why wasn't it released on Monday? Uh, what's you know, where, so, so I could just kind of update it and people can look at the app and they'd be like, oh, it has been edited. Uh, it is being uploaded, you know. Yes. And then, and then that way people can stop texting me. Yes, because you need less contact with people. That's what you need. <laughs> it's people, people are interfering with my, my seven year quarantine, uh, social yes. distance project. Yeah. I, I do like that idea, though. Kind of the, the, the pizza tracker, the podcast tracker. Yeah. To see where it's a we're podcast at. tracker. Yeah. Yeah, I just That's need somebody nice. to program it and then tell me tell me when it's ready to be downloaded uh, so that I can, you know, update the data. Um and and I will say, uh, just for the record, or maybe you should say for the record, yeah. the the release dates lately have not been because I am behind schedule. No, correct. This is they have been released when when I was told to release them strategically uh, by our marketing team. Correct. So I will get yeah. we'll get we'll get what the marketing team wants to do for this one this week. So is our is our is our team of scientists or our marketing team bigger? Uh, the marketing team is definitely bigger than the scientist team for sure. Yes. Really, we have about four hundred to four hundred and fifty scientists on payroll. Really? Wow! No wonder yeah. this is a uh, podcast <laughs> in the in the reds significantly in the red. I didn't realize. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Docs. Uh, you obviously uh, were talking to some folks this week. I, I saw on the internet that um, oh, no. you participated in the in a game night, 
And yeah, somebody called you the goat on uh, on this twi- on this Twitter post that I saw. It looked like it was a Zoom uh, game night for Survivor fans or for Survivor participants. Um, I'm not sure, but somebody said Docs is the goat, and I don't mean DocuSign. So um, please, please explain. Well, first of all, this is this is why I think social media is bad. There's no reason for you to get into my business like this. <laughs> um, but you know, in in for a penny, in for a pound. So I signed up to play uh, an online game night with one of my favorite survivors of all time, Tyson Apostle. Mm-hmm. He's he's hosting these, and it's it's a Zoom call, and he has seven seats. So he sits in or eight seats. He sits in one seat, and then seven people who are fans of his or fans of Survivor sign up to play. He, this was the second night, and I, I, like the first night sign, signed up or, or sold out so fast. I, I saw it, and it was already sold out. So this time I, I just happened to see that he, he posted, hey, uh, seats are open again. So I just went and signed up for it without knowing what the game was. And then I looked up the game. It's called Quiplash. And I, I read the rules, and I, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be very good at this. Mm-hmm. My wheelhouse – I don't know. Are you guys familiar with the game Quiplash? No. Okay, so what Quiplash is is uh, it's a three rounds, and in, in the first round, everybody gets two questions that they fill out, and then they present the questions one at a time, and two of the eight people got the same question – so they post the question, they post those answers, but you don't know who answered it. And then the room votes which answer they like better. And I saw this and I, I thought, man, my wheelhouse is, is more making fun of Chris Farley or, <laughs> or people in general, but specifically right. Chris Farley. Right, right. I don't know, I don't know if this is my wheelhouse. So right. I, was, I was very nervous going into it. Um, but what, what they do is they set up a Zoom room where every you know everybody can talk and see each other and then they have one so with 10 people there's a moderator who's running the game and then they have another account which is actually showing the game uh being played so and then you go to another browser and you you sign up on the web for the game uh where every you know with a code and everybody gets in so so it, okay. it worked out really well okay. it was really fun i actually i actually think that like we should look into this and, and try to do like a pace the nation game night because it actually was really fun. The, I'm all the other for thing it. That made as me long as you, as long it, as you do it, I'm all for it. As long as, long as, as, as I organize it. it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other thing that made me nervous about it was that they're all West coast. And so that like this, this thing started at 11 PM. So I had to go out and get some caffeine uh, because like that's when I start shutting down. Mm-hmm. But, but we were playing and like we, we log in, everybody's got their names and then Tyson shows up and he's asking everybody, Oh, who's, you know, tell me about yourself or this and that. And he's like, docs, what's docs? Like, is that your name? And I was like, yeah, you know, people, people call me docs. It's, it's easier. And like, it was just so awkward at the beginning. So like I started off really bad and, and my first question that I answered was, was like, I, I swung and missed so anyway, it, like it didn't start out very well, but doesn't sound like and, doesn't sound like goat status to begin with. That's for sure. No, I mean like right off the bat, no. First five minutes, I was I was not doing well, but then I got a question that I liked. People liked my answer, and I started like, 
you know, talking to everybody in the room and, and joking around and everything like that. And I, I did really, really well during the game. And, and people, people uh, enjoyed my answers. I thought that it was a, a strong crowd, though. Like, it wasn't just me. Like, I, I was laughing all the whole time. Like, it, the other people that showed up, all these random people uh, who liked Tyson, all these people that showed up, they, they, they brought it. It was, it was fun. It was a really, really fun experience. Well, Tyson uh, commented on the post that I had mentioned earlier that you were the GOAT and said he's almost too good, right? So, uh, high praise. Yeah. yeah. From your favorite, yeah, exactly. I mean, from your favorite, uh, one of your favorite Survivor uh, cast members. So, well done, Doc. Well, it's, it's not bad that, that all these people showed up because they wanted to be entertained by Tyson. It's not bad that, that, that they were entertained by me as well. I feel like that should get me on Survivor, right? <laughs> You're working I mean, every example, angle, yeah, Doc. Yeah. Every angle at it's this point. It's not going to be because you didn't effort it, that's for sure. Yeah, a sample. the sample size is... Uh, 100% Survivor fans, and, and they all enjoyed me being there. I didn't ask all of them, but I'm assuming that they all did. So I, I feel like I test well in, in, in the Survivor community now, so, so I really should be on the show. You're it's getting ridiculous closer. that I'm not on the show. Yeah. You're getting closer, man. So the whole experience was pretty good, but we, we, um, we played a few rounds of the game, maybe four rounds of the game, and then he took like the last 20, 25 minutes and just had like a Q and A where where people asked him a lot of questions and and he talked about his experiences on the game and his experiences in life and so it was it was a really cool it was a really cool experience. That's awesome, man. All right, well, we did want to talk a little bit of running. Um, have we talked any running on this show yet? Yeah, we talked about Kira. Yeah, that's right, we did. And Stephen had some good yeah, running. Yeah, Kira's stuff. a runner. All right, All right. And, yeah. And Stephen Henry Ruckers told yeah, us about yeah, his. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I just named. Although I think that the Kira story was more about Ducktales than anything right. else. <laughs> yeah, that's right? probably true. That was my takeaway. That's true. Um, but uh, you know, races are uh, hopefully coming back this fall. Hopefully, you know, Stephen talked about trying to figure out what he was going to do with Berlin. Uh, the London Marathon was in the news. And have they made a decision? They have not made a decision, but they said they will be making a decision on Sunday, oh, whether man. they will um, execute the postponed event, which I believe is in October, or if they will cancel it. And uh, some of the quotes coming out of it are not sounding great. It seems like they're struggling to figure out how to do it safely. Well, this is classic PTN. We preview a story that will, by the time you listen to this, the news will be out there whether London is, hap is happening in October or not. So um, Maybe or maybe not. I mean, they're dragging this out like a reality show. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> they have a, a press conference to say, stay tuned? Come on. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. All right, well, we'll give you a firm update next week of whatever they say. Uh, maybe it's a continuation. Who knows? But uh, I'm hopeful these races can come back. Um, when they do, uh, we'll let you know first here on Pace the Nation. Well, you know, they didn't say which Sunday. They just said on Sunday. So maybe <laughs> that's, that's their way of continuing <laughs> to drag true. it out. Yeah. And and maybe maybe Sunday means something different in German. That's true. <laughs> we're talking about London. Oh, I thought that we were talking about Berlin for some reason. We switched. I. I, I pay about as much attention to this show as Julie does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great show, guys. 
Thanks again to our guest, Stephen Rutgers, for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Uh, WashingtonBlade.com, Stephen Rutgers on Twitter. Uh, he sent me uh, the Schitt's Creek um, YouTube video. We might need to watch this. We might need to watch this. I'm glad that, that you didn't listen to my recommendation, but now you're listening to our guest recommendation. Well, I, I, I feel like it's, a, it, we're start, it's gaining steam now that other people are recommending it. Docs, it's not like we're watching anything I, at all. It's I not know. like we're watching something over your recommendations. No. We're just simply not watching it. That's true. All right, that's Julie Cully for William E. Docs. I really want to thank the listeners for hanging in there with us through this quarantine. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We'll see you next week. He's got a Great Dane with the, the name of Alexis Rose, which uh, Docs might know the reference there. Uh, do you know that? Uh, it's a female Guns N' Roses dog. <laughs> um, hold on one second. Sorry. What time is it? It's 101. It's 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yep, see you later. We had somebody staring at us um, through the window. That was kind of distracting. Um, that's why I somebody, pa- that's why I paused like before I said hi because she was like literally up against Chris's face in the window. Uh, I was I was oblivious, of course. I was like, uh. and then they asked what time it was. Yeah. Well, she wanted to know. She saw the caricature of Chris, and she wanted to know if that was the guy that was like right in front of her face. And I was All like, right, we yeah. can use this for the show. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I just said uh, most Americans are done. It's amazing how much water I can drink without even realizing it. Was that somebody else's conversation on the phone? It might have been. I don't know what's going on in here. What in the hell? What the hell? Are you guys spies? I know, seriously. All right, say say maybe Sunday means something different in... British. British, uh- yeah. <laughs> Brit- Britain. Oh, you don't want to keep it that way? No, no, I thought <laughs> I might. Yeah. I don't mind leaving the German line in. Leave leave that in. You pay as much attention as Julie. That's good. Then we'll end the show here. (laughs) Um, All right.